it on Nento. He'll dance. He'll step. He'll shoot. And he hits it at the buzzer. No time left. And the Rockets have won the game. We are here to feel your Rockets news. This is the Rockets Field Podcast, and I am your co-host, LaShar Binkley. Of course, you can always find me on Twitter, at Binkley Hoops. Uh, you can always find my written work at SB Nation or the Dream Shake. I actually have an article dropping today where I talk with, uh, I spoke with Vivek Jacob. Uh, he's a beat writer for the Toronto Raptors. Um, he had a lot of interesting things, a couple of those, thing, of those things we're going to be talking about in this podcast today. Uh, but he had a couple of interesting takes on Nick Nurse, he's been covering him since 2016, so he has a pretty good perspective on what Nick Nurse brought to the Raptors and kind of how it all ended. So we're going to get going over a little bit of that. Um, but before we do, I want to give my co-host a chance to introduce himself. Hey, what's up, everybody? Uh, it's Vader. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at VaderHTown. Um, mostly Rockets, a little bit of uh, Astros, a little bit of Texans. All right, Vader. Of course, we know the big news that came out recently. The Rockets are right in the middle of a, a huge, uh, extensive search for their next head coach. Um, Rafael Stone did say that he uh, want to move quickly, but of course, they're not. They're still going to have another round of interviews, and now they can add another name to that list. As we found out yesterday, the Raptors um, pretty much said right off the bat that hey, we let Nick Nurse go. It wasn't any hey, we're uh, mutually parting ways or. Uh, we both came to the same. No, they said they were moving on. So that means that Nick Nurse is now a free agent and that teams can negotiate with him without having to worry about giving up any type of compensation uh, for him to join them as their next head coach. And that means that the Rockets will be adding them to their second round of uh, interviews. Uh, they've already interviewed uh, people like Kenny Atkinson. Uh, they interviewed M.A. Doku. They're going to interview Sam Gassell tomorrow, apparently. Um, so they're going to add Nick Nurse to that list. So before we go t- too deep into anything else, what's kind of your initial thoughts on Nick Nurse, um, them bringing in Nick Nurse for an interview, and what's your thoughts just on Nick Nurse possibly being the head coach of the Houston Rockets? Okay, so first of all, I'm going to just say, <clears throat> I don't know if Nick Nurse is my number one uh, guy. I think that um, I think he went from kind of people not – really being sure if they wanted him to be kind of the overwhelming favorite among the fan base, at least from what I can tell on, on Rockets Twitter. I think a lot of people really want Nick Nurse in. Um, my favorite thing about Nick Nurse um, being added to the to the pool of guys that we're bringing in for interviews is is the fact that like we're bringing in all these really good and experienced um, yeah. coaching candidates, man. Like, I feel like la- I feel like the last time the, the coaching job was up, I mean, we heard names like Jeff Van Gundy, and I love Jeff Van Gundy. Like, I would have been perfectly okay with that hire um, as long as we had a plan for him offensively. But, like, I don't know. J- JVG, I don't know. He just got a, a, a place in my heart, man, as a Rockets fan, just because, like, um, I feel like he, he was um, he was one of my favorite coaches. I, I think some people had, like, some mixed feelings about Jeff Van Gundy, but I like yeah. Jeff Van Gundy. Um, and then we had like Steven Silas. We had like some other guys who were assistant coaches. And, you know, I think that the where we were last time we were in the in the market for a coach is kind of different from where we are right now. And it's kind of <laughs> encouraging because yeah. you you would have thought <clears throat> you would have thought, you know, looking for a coach for a team that's been winning, that's been in the playoffs for over a decade, that we would have been able to bring in like you know, a, a, a strong cachet of candidates. And yeah. it's like, we brought in like some, I, I, I hate to say mid because I feel like that's disrespectful, but I just feel like the, the pool of candidates that we're bringing in this time is just a better group. I mean, we have Nick Nurse now who led his team to a championship. We have Frank Bogle. How do you feel about Frank Bogle? He led the yeah. Lakers to a championship. You have Kenny Atkinson, who's over overachieved on uh, the Brooklyn Nets team that he coached. And now he's on that Golden State roster. Golden State Warriors aren't looking too great right now, which is I'm I'm okay with that because like I wish them all the worst because of uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then and, you know maybe it's part partly because of them and, and a lot of it is because of Scott Foster and the NBA referees in general. But they're being cheated though, man. 
Don't they, that hurt you? Don't they, that hurt you that they Warriors are being Yeah, tired? yeah. They, you know, Draymond Green <laughs> stomped on uh, like he went full like Stone Cold Steve Austin and stomped on Sabonis's chest. But like, yeah, he shouldn't have been ejected for that. That was that was unfair. You know, yes. it's not like he has a history of like gouging people's eyes out, kicking people in. You know, no. Yeah, kicking people where they shouldn't be kicked. You know, Draymond Green is, is not a dirty player. I'm going to look right in the camera and I'm going to say Jalen Green is a not a dirty player in NBA. Disc- like, disclaimer. <laughs> but anyways, not nah, like <clears throat> it's just I don't know, like the, the, the coaching candidates that they're bringing in, like really make me excited because like no matter who your favorite is, um, I feel like Rafael Stone has a good selection of guys to pick from. So whether that's Nick Nurse or Kenny Atkinson or Frank Vogel or Sam Cassell or M.A. Doka. <clears throat> or whoever, you know, I, I know they brought in a couple of assistant coaches. Sam Cassell, like, let me not disrespect Houston legend Sam Cassell. He hit yeah. the big three-pointer in the NBA Finals. We probably wouldn't be champions uh, without him. Um, Sam Sam was not a normal rookie, man. Like, that dude came in and, um, like, Kenny Smith was getting locked up by Derek Harper. This is some oh, rock history for some of y'all who <laughs> probably wasn't old enough to watch. But, but Derek Harper was – Giving Kenny hell. Yeah. <laughs> to, be, to be polite, he was giving Kenny Smith the business. Like, had, I know a lot of y'all watch like the TNT show when Kenny Smith and Charles Barkley are racing to the to, to the big jumbotron screen, and Kenny Smith looks like old and decrepit. Well, Derek Harper made him look like that in his basketball prime. Like that's what Kenny Smith yeah. looked like when Derek Harper was guarding him. He could not go anywhere. That hand check was just crazy. But, and one quick thing on Sam Cassell and that. Now that you brought that up, Kenny, like you said, Kenny Smith, that hand check, he was moving Kenny Smith wherever he wanted. That's pretty much the point of it. I know a lot of people don't know what a hand check is because they're younger and they have never really seen a hand check. But that's the point of a hand check where you could direct the ball carrier whatever direction you want to go. That's what the really good defenders were doing. But Sam Cassell came in and said, he's not going to do that to me. He literally slapped down on Derek Harper's hand so hard it almost broke it. <laughs> so now that kept Derek Harper from even trying to do that to Sam Cassell. And that's why Sam Cassell was able to kind of take over that series. And he was playing a lot more minutes than Kenny Smith. But anyway, I just wanted to throw that out there. No, and, that's, you know, that's the good basketball history, Cassell. man. I feel like we probably need to add a little bit more of that into the show, yeah. man, because like, um, you know, like a lot of, a lot of our fan base, like, unfortunately, are in their are 20 years old or you know yeah. 20 to 25 they did not get to see the championship so they did you know like their <clears throat> their golden years are the hardened years right so yeah um you know they did not get to see Clyde Drexler in his prime or or uh Hakeem Olajuwon and, and guys shame. like that and it's and it's yeah. a shame man like you know YouTube some of that stuff like you you'll see like those were some really good teams, and uh, the the legend of Robert Ory was born during during those yeah. years. Big shot, big shot, Bob. I know he didn't like that. He wants to be called Big Shot Rob, but Rob. Big Shot <laughs> Bob just kind of stuck, and that, it is what it is. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> Big Shot, Big Shot Bob, uh, Robert. But um, <laughs> anyways, like circling back to the Nick Nurse thing, um, I'm glad he's on the market because I just feel like this gives us uh, we got so many so many options, and that makes me yeah. excited because I feel like. Rafael Stone knows that he has to get this coaching selection correct. <clears throat> he hired uh, Stephen Silas. That did not work out. If this doesn't work out, he's not going to get an opportunity, most likely, to hire a third coach. Like, no. if, if this works out, and, you know, and eventually it fizzles out, yeah, he'll be able to, he'll be here. But, like, if he hires, if the next coach he hires does not perform well and does not win, he probably is not going to be here and, and have an opportunity to hire a third coach. So I think he's going to do his due diligence, due diligence I think he's going to talk to all the people that he needs to talk to. I think he's going to ask all the right questions. And and even after that, I think he's going to probably try to give – or not probably. I think he's going to try to provide that coach with a roster that's conducive for winning. Because yeah. the roster that we had last year, like all the things you want to say about Stephen Silas, and I don't want to be a Stephen Silas uh, apologist, <clears throat> not many coaches are winning with a roster full of 19, 20, and 21-year-olds. It's just yeah. – it's, it's very hard to do. You see, um, you saw that like Greg Popovich can do it, right? We think very highly of Greg Popovich. Um, who else? Oh, what was the what was the old guy that used to work for the Indiana Pacers and he was at the Spurs before? Um, I, I'm drawing a blank on his name, but he was like a he was a really good coach and he won a championship. And then uh, he, I know you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In, but, in the nineties. The point is, even yeah. if you're a Hall of Fame coach, you still need players, right? You need talent on the floor. 
And um, we have talent, but we did not have experience. And yeah. uh, unfortunately, I think Stephen Silas kind of did himself in because I think obviously some of the things that the front office uh, was looking for from him as far as development, he did not provide those things as far as structure, yeah. holding guys accountable, and, and, and you know, different things like that. So like Nick Nurse <clears throat> is a guy who we've we've heard from Raptors fans that he is going to like hold guys accountable. Now I heard I saw like something that kind of was kind of contradictory to that a little bit, you know, yesterday. So I don't know. Yeah. But like pr- pretty much most of the things that I've heard from Raptors fans is that Nick Nurse is a guy who's gonna make guys play defense. He's a guy who, like, if you're not playing defense, he'll bench you. He's a guy who um, is going to demand excellence from you. And, and, you know, that's kind of what we need at this stage of our rebuild. I know that the Raptors, you know, are in a different place right now, and they feel like it was good to kind of part ways with him and go in a different direction. But that's that's just kind of the NBA. Like, Frank Vogel got let go, and he just won. And, you know, he won a championship a couple years ago. Like, this is just – you you very rarely see um, – like guys stay with an organization for the duration of their careers. Yeah. So like, yeah. That's how well, I, I, I wanted to ask you a quick question before we move on. So we know Nick Nurse is a good coach. Um, he may not be the top option for us, but what would you be willing to wait to see if Nick Nurse is wanting to take the job? And the reason I say that is because even though he's a free agent now, there's no guarantee that Nick Nurse is going to just jump into a job. He may wait around and say, hey, I want to see what else comes open. Hey, if Philadelphia flames out in the second round, maybe that job is open. If the Lakers get swept in round two or don't even make it out of round one, maybe they move on because uh, it was some rumblings that they wanted Nick Nurse before they hired Darvin Ham. But, of course, Nick Nurse was still on the contract, and that would have, you know, that would have been a pretty expensive to try to get him out of the contract then. But now, guess what? He's available. Maybe Nick Nurse just says, hey, I want to wait around and get a more ready-to-win team um, and see what else is out there before I make a decision. Or maybe I want to wait and see if the Rockets get that number one pick. Would you be willing to wait, um, <laughs> I mean, almost up to a month to possibly hire Nick Nurse with the chance that he may not even – he may still go to another team? So me personally, <clears throat> let's just say Nick Nurse is your number one candidate because, like, I feel like he is for a lot of people. And mm-hmm. uh, and and real quickly, I'll just say I think a lot of people like Nick Nurse because of his in-game adjustments. Um, yeah. I think that he is a he is a coach who is a defensive-minded, and he does actually deploy different uh, schemes to shut down different players. Which we um, saw that with Jalen Green oh, <laughs> when Jalen Green was on that hot streak. <laughs> Man, like you made me mad just bringing that up because Jalen Green was on like a he was like in the midst of like one of the like all time great yeah rookie uh, streaks yeah yeah thirty point rookie game streak for you know like and and Nick Nurse made it his business he he went into that game and he was like Jalen Green is not scoring thirty points on the Toronto Raptors and you know and and he made it happen like they made sure Jalen Green got the ball out of his hands and they gave him hell that whole game and so like yeah we were we were we were saying some really nasty stuff about that man on on social media (laughs) because like what he did to Jalen Green was just unethical but like but I like like but if he's your coach it's kind of like one of it's kind of like that Patrick Beverly thing like if Patrick Beverly is on the other team you kind of don't like him but when Patrick Beverly is on your team and he's being a nuisance like yeah like give me more of that so yeah Nick Nick Nurse brings that defensively from a scheming standpoint so like yeah i i like uh the i the idea of bringing nick nurse in also if they can have um somebody competent to run the offense not saying he's incompetent but just like some of the stuff that we've also been hearing uh, some of the same complaints that we had about stephen solace in regards to like the way he runs his offense so yeah. i would prefer you know they have like a, a good young well not necessarily young but a good offensive mind and and, and that kind of goes back to like when we had Mike D'Antoni Mike, D- Mike D'Antoni knew that his his uh his wheelhouse his strong point was not his strong point was not, not defense. coaching defense. so he brought in a defensive guru and yeah. so like if Nick Nurse is able to bring in a de- an offensive guru or maybe keep uh coach coach Muhammad um I don't know how to pronounce his last name so I'm not gonna try uh, <laughs> of the father. There you go. Like if he keeps him on staff or something like that, you know, I'd be a little more sad. Frank Vogel is the same way. Like Frank Vogel yeah. is a guy who like he's known for his defense, not so much his offense. But as far as like uh like what you said, would I be willing to wait for Nick Nurse? 
<clears throat> that means you're I, you're giving up your other coaches may move on. They that's may move what on I, to other assistant. I'm, they may move on to other head coaching I, jobs. Would you be willing to pass up all these other candidates? Which I think Ime Aduku is pretty much he's a raptor. I think he's going to Toronto. So I think he's kind of out of question to be to be perfectly honest with you. I don't have any insider information, but all these other coaches, Frank Vogel, um, if they like Borrego, well, I don't know if they do, but just for instance, if they like any of these other coaches, they're not going to wait around for the Rockets. So would you be willing to, and let, cause I'm, I'm pretty sure Nick nurse is probably not going to give you a guarantee. Like, Hey, you can wait a month and then I'll, I'll go to your team. So would you be willing to, you know, pass up all these other coaches? And that's why I, I think that's probably why I went on my rent because I was trying to sell sell myself on Nick Nurse and why we should <laughs> wait for him. Yeah. Um, I don't think you can because if you if, you know, like the Detroit Pistons job is open. Yeah. Like I feel like I feel like maybe you can argue which job is a better job, um, but I don't think there's there's not a huge gap, right? Yeah. Even even if you think the Rockets job is a better situation than the Pistons job. Is the gap huge enough for me to wait around to see if you might hire me? Right. Mm-hmm. So like, no, I, I don't I don't think you can wait for Nick Nurse and risk losing Kenny Atkinson or Frank Vogel or or like whoever your you know second choice might be. Like mm-hmm. if he is your if he is indeed your first choice and and you know Emi Adoka, like you said, he might go to the Raptors. He might not. We don't know yet. But like if those guys are like giving you a commitment and want to come here, I don't think you can wait around for Nick Nurse. And then, you know, it's it's almost like that, um, you know, the bird in the hand thing. And so like if if you have them like in a similar tier, then I think you have to go ahead and go with the guy who wants to be here and, instead of the guy who was like, mm, I might, you know, I might go to the prom with you if 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 she doesn't ask me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Like that don't make you feel too good. Like you ask a girl to the prom and then she like, uh, you know, I like you, but you know, like I'm kind of waiting to see you, you know. Waiting on my options. Maybe yeah, yeah, else, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so like, no, nah, I think you have to kind of move on from from that situation if you can bring in one of those other top tier candidates. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I I agree. I mean, I like nurse, but to me, it's it's not a huge enough gap between. I mean. We're not saying Nick Nurse is Phil Jackson or somebody like that. So it's not a huge enough gap to where I'm be sitting around for a month hoping that he chooses my team when I can go. Like I said, Frank Vogel is not my first choice, but I've you know we've seen reports where the Rockets are really impressed from their interview with Frank Vogel. So I don't even think the Rockets would be like, yeah, we're going to wait around to the, the draft lottery for you to make a decision. There's no way in the world I think they wait that long for uh, Nick Nurse to make up his decision. So. I think when they interview him, I think they'll know. They'll have those conversations with them. They, you know, they'll know whether he's really interested. And if, if he's really interested, I think that they would try to get they would try to hire him before he even leaves Houston. I'm gonna tell Obviously. you what, LaShar, yeah. I think the interest in this job skyrockets like immeasurably if we get yeah. the first or the second oh, pick well, in the yeah. draft. <laughs> right. <laughs> like I think if if we if we have if we're like, hey, we drafting Wemby or we're drafting Scoot Henderson, then I think we go from a Mm, I, I, I kind of like them too. Yeah, that's a good job. That's that's the job I want. <laughs> it's amazing how that works. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, but that's again, that's the problem. The the draft lottery is what uh, middle of May, end of May, May sixteenth. I think May it's 16th, May sixteenth. May sixteenth. So I mean, that's like two weeks away. I mean, oh, well, actually, more than two weeks away. That's like three weeks away. Mm-hmm. So I mean, a lot happens in between that three weeks, and you've already had your first, and now you're about to have your second interviews. I just don't think the Rockets want to wait that long. I think they want to make a decision before that. Um, I think they want to make a decision in the next couple of weeks. And um, I think they'll they'll get a good sense once they talk to Nick Nurse because people got to realize the Rockets aren't the only team. It, I know there's only two openings right now, but we know how it works. Teams are horrible in the playoffs. They look bad. Coaches either want to move on or teams want to move on because we've been hearing about the 76ers job, about them possibly moving on from Doc Rivers for a while now. So if they flame out again, they won't do it in the first round. If, well, if they do, then he's definitely gone because oh, no yeah. team has ever they, given they up a whole three lead. Out of there. Um, but, hey, uh, but, you know, Doc Rivers is known for blowing three one leads. If he blows a three O lead, if anybody could do it, it's Doc Rivers. <laughs> so, I mean, but it, it's a chance they could lose in the second round. And if that happens, I mean, we've seen Embiid already got injury issues. Um, 
So it, it's a it's a chance if they flame out, maybe they decide to move on from Doc Rivers, and then that becomes a That's pretty a job. interesting yeah. job right there. Then, but then you have teams like Minnesota. Uh, maybe they want to move on from their coach. The La- like I said, the Lakers. The Lakers have high expectations. They're not expecting to lose in the first or second round. So if they do, and then a Nick Nurse is available, because I guarantee they've already talked to Nick Nurse some way, somehow. Some representatives have reached out to Nick Nurse to kind of gauge what he's thinking. And hey, what if we, you know, move on from Darvin Ham? Would you still want to come coach the Lakers? All this stuff happens behind the scenes. We know it. There's always back channels to talk to these coaches and these free agents. So. Maybe they're thinking that, like, hey, yeah, we would much rather have Nick Nurse here than Darvin Ham. They would never say it publicly, but I guarantee that's what they're thinking. So my point is, even uh, teams that are still in the playoffs, there's a chance that they get rid of the coach. So Nick Nurse may be like, hey, I want to wait around and see uh, what else is out there. And I just don't think the Rockets can do that. I don't think they can wait around for weeks waiting for Because by the end, a lot of your coaching candidates have already moved on because they have families. They they want to move on to something else. They want to know what they're going to be doing next season. So me personally, I'm not waiting two or three weeks to see what Nick Nurse wants to do. I'm, I'm right. making and, a move. And there's only 30 of these jobs. Like, exactly. they're not going to sit around and wait for a 22-win team to call them back. <laughs> <laughs> like, we, we exactly. acting like we're the prize and they got, like, other options. Like, they, no, yeah. like if, you, if you have a guy that you, like, feel really strongly about, and let's just say you do want Nick Nurse. Say he is number one on your board, but he's not giving you a commitment, and he's telling you that he is not probably gonna. He's gonna let the playoffs play out to yeah. see, you know, if and and then he'll let you know, like, yeah, there, there's no way that you can sit around and and, and let the coaching market dry up because then we're back in a situation again where we're looking at assistant coaches and um, even though I know we like Cassell, me and you, we both like Cassell. Um, yeah. I've been asking people kind of on Twitter. I feel like he's not—he's not a popular choice among the fan base. There are a lot of uh, a lot of guys do like the idea of bringing Sam Cassell in, uh, but I, I feel like the majority of the people that I've talked to are just—and and, and unfortunately for him, it has a lot to do with Stephen Silas. It's, it's like something that's everything to do with Stephen Silas. Yeah. It, it's, it's completely <laughs> not related to anything that he has done as a coach or like what he can potentially do as a coach. It's the fact that oh, we hired this assistant the last time. And look what happened. Yeah. And even though Stephen Silas and Sam Cassell's personalities could probably not be, you know, further apart, right? Total difference, yeah. I mean, a huge difference. I mean, you got, you got. Uh, I mean, Sam Cassell is fiery. He gets in people's faces. He, I mean, we, you know, you showed the clip. I showed the clip of him talking to Harden. I mean, and Harden listening to him, and he, you know, telling Harden, "No, this is how you do it," and then showing him exactly how it, you know it's done. I mean, not I. I'm sure Silas maybe yelled or scream in practice or whatever, but that's just not in his normal personality. I mean, he's even said it himself. So there are two totally different type of coaches. And I think that, yeah, a lot of people aren't really putting a lot of thought into Sam Cassell. If they did, if they re- went back and looked at his resume, looked at some of the players that he's coached and some of the stuff they said about him, they would have a different perspective other than just saying, oh, well, he's he doesn't have head coach spirit just like Silas, so that means he's going to be a horrible head coach, which we've seen time after time that that's not the case because guess what there's only one way to get head coaching experience sure. i know they they may not want it to be the rockets to be their first head coaching experience but the only way you get head coaching experience is by being a head coach i mean i know Ime Odoko came into a situation where he already had Jalen brown and jason tatum so that made it a little bit easier for him but i mean we can just look at the oklahoma city uh situation i mean he wasn't a he wasn't a uh head coach before he got there and look how he's turned out. Quinn Snyder, when he came to Utah, he, he had never been a, a head coach in the NBA. Um, so there's plenty of circumstances where even head coaches that had experience that went to teams, they still were horrible. I mean, Mike Brown, he went to several different places before he got to um, Sacramento after he left Cleveland and he wasn't able to have success. So every situation is different is basically what I'm saying. So I don't think that a candidate should be just taken out just because they don't have head coaching experience. And, and that's one of the reasons, I, 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 you know, what Rafael Stone said was important is that they're not going to limit their search just to people that said head coaching experience. And I think that people need to look a little bit deeper than, um, than just, you know, well, he doesn't have head coaching experience. So ah, cross him off the list, but yeah, that's true. Again, like that guy with the Grizzlies, like, I never even heard of him before. Nobody, no, I guarantee, ninety-five <laughs> percent of NBA Twitter had never heard of this guy. So 
Yes, it does help to have John Moran. It helps to have really good players. But, but he wins even when John Moran doesn't play. And I they know have like, a great record when he's not playing. Yeah, yeah exactly. So that, that's basically all we're saying. It's like you need to look a little bit deeper than just, well, he doesn't have head coach experience. That's why I don't want him. And for me, it's not just a sentimental thing. I know people may think that, well, it's just because he played for the Rockets. That's a small part of it. But that's I've just watched him over the years and, you know, the different teams he's coached with. And I've heard the players that he's coached that he's a lot more than just an assistant coach. I mean, honestly, he's like an associate head coach at this point in his career. Um, so and, pe- and people keep trying to tell me that I, I only like Sam because of like the D'Amico Ryan's effect. And it, it, it really <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, there's some parallels there, but it's, it, you know, that's not the only reason. Like, I, I, I think Sam is going to be a good coach eventually. Um, yeah. I did have uh, somebody that I respect say they are a little confused as to why he's not a head coach yet. But like, you really don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Um, they tried to make a compare an NFL comparison to like Eric B enemy from the Kansas city chiefs, a guy that was going. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like resume wise, he looks like a guy who should have been a head coach by now. And he's interviewed for so many jobs and he continues to not get the job. So it may, it's a red flag. So, you know, I, I, I hear all of that. Um, but like I said, I, I, this is Raphael Stone's. Like he, he, like I said, he has to get this right. Like there is no, there is no like, uh, you know, maybe there's no like Mulligan. There's no yeah. do over. And so like, I, I, whoever they do end up going with, um, you know, I'm going to assume, you know, until proven otherwise that you know this is a choice. This is a choice, a good choice, a, a guy that the Rockets feel like they can move forward with and and make it to the playoffs. Yeah. And honestly, I think that's why they probably won't go with Cassell. Um, just because, he, like you said, he knows this, this is going to be his last. If they don't do well after this next coach, that's going to be it. He's not going to have a chance to hire another coach. So he's probably going to go down swinging with a coach that he do, is familiar with. So that's why, like you said, Sam was at a, is at a disadvantage when it comes yeah. to that. So I don't expect them to bring in Sam Cassell. Um, I mean, if they had a winning record, maybe, and they had just got rid of their coach, then maybe they'll make they're mo- uh, more likely to lean to like a, a coach like Cassell. But more than likely, they're probably going to go with a more well-known name, um, just because they know, uh, you know, Stone and his front office know that they have to get this right. Um, they have to bring in the right guy. Um, before we move on to our top three um, choices, I want to kind of go over a couple of the uh, uh, Q and A questions and answers that I had with uh, Vivek Jacob, uh, who uh, is a beat writer for the Toronto Raptors. He's also a co-host of Locked On Raptors. Um, and he's been covering the Raptors since 2016, which is um, he's been um, covering them because Nick Nurse was actually an assistant coach for five years before he became head coach for five years. So he's kind of in the middle of covering the team of the time that uh, Nick Nurse has been there with the Raptors. Um, so he had a couple of interesting quotes uh, that I kind of just want to go through uh, with with you, Vader, and kind of get your opinion. Um, so the first one I kind of asked him about was the championship in 2019 when they had Kawhi Leonard and the the, 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 the bouncing in shot against the Philadelphia 76ers, and then mm-hmm. they knocked off the Golden State Warriors. And a lot of people, uh, not a lot, but some people were saying that that was more of a Kawhi Leonard championship and not necessarily a Nick Nurse championship, that he kind of not looked into it, but that, Quilin had a lot more to do with it than he did. So I, I asked um, I asked Jacob about that, and he, he came up with a quote that one of our favorite players of all time we're here at Rockets Twitter and Rockets uh, Rockets uh, podcast, uh, Draymond Green said, um, which is an interesting quote. He said that there are 82 game players and there are 16 game players, and he tied Nick Nurse into that quote by saying Nick Nurse is absolutely a 16-game coach. There aren't many of them around. And basically he's saying that, when it comes down to game planning and it comes down to playoff series and it comes down to having to make, like you spoke earlier about making adjustments, which is that's what the playoffs is all about. It's about adjustment. It's you're playing one team several times. Um, you're not being able to catch them on back to backs. You're not being able to catch them in games where they're just resting players, unless it's the Los Angeles Clippers and Kawhi Leonard, but that's a totally different story. Um, you're playing the team's best, um, players you're playing against uh, teams that prepared against you. And basically he's saying that Nick Nurse is a type of coach that comes in prepared and is able to make adjustments. He's a he's a big time. When the lights are on, that's when he steps up, just like a superstar player. So that was a really interesting quote because, like I said, I've heard some people say that 
yeah, Nick Nurse is a good coach, but he didn't really do a lot. It, it was more of a Kawhi Leonard coming in and winning that championship for them. Um, so that was to me, that was a really interesting quote. And uh, uh, that kind of goes in the pro column. One that kind of goes in, I don't know if it goes into the con column because the Raptors are a little bit of a different team than the Rockets are as far as they actually had a chance to win some games and the Rockets really never really had a chance to win games last two or three years. But I asked him about what, what what's one of the um, uh, weaknesses of Nick Nurse's uh, uh, you know, coaching ability. I asked him, um, as far as Nick Nurse player development, what do you think of that? So this is what um, Vivek had to say about that. I would consider youth development be one of Nurse's weaknesses. During his time in Toronto, Nurse shied away from putting development ahead of winning and resulted in heavy burden for the starters. Siakam led the league in minutes per game the last two seasons, while Van, uh, Fred Van Vliet is right up there as well. So I wanted to get your opinion on that because even though the Rockets are going to be shifting towards more of a winning environment, they're going to actually try to win games next year, at least the front office. I mean, the players and coaches have been trying to win games, but they're going to put more of an emphasis into winning. Um, hearing that quote, what's kind of your thought on that? Because I know that was a huge thing for Rockets Twitter was player development. They didn't feel that um, Coach Silas did enough to develop the uh, young players that they have here. But from reading this, it seems like um, Nick Nurse is going to lean more heavily towards whatever veterans they have on the team um, at that time. So we may not see the minutes that we're seeing for a lot of the young players that a lot of these you know fans have you know grown to love and will go, you know, go to battle for every single game. We may not be seeing them play as much next season. So what's kind of your opinion on that? So first of all, I, I think Steven Silas did actually make a concerted yeah. effort to develop guys. Like you if you if you look at the minutes that like Deshaun Nick's got and yeah. uh, like some of the other guys who, you know, weren't playing well at different points and times in the season. I think that that is the one thing that Steven Silas well not the one and the only thing, but that is one thing that Steven Silas did get correct was trying to get guys playing time. And um, they, <clears throat> I think a lot of them did develop individually and they did get better over the course of the season um, outside of that one guy. But um, they, the, the only person that I can really think of that who did not play enough to me as a young guy was Ty Ty Washington. And um, I know Rafael Stone in, at the you know end of the season press conference kind of mentioned that you know, since he didn't play, he would have preferred that he just stayed down in the G League and got more minutes to develop. But other than that, like, I think they did a decent job giving guys playing time. The, the only thing that I did not like was um, even though I felt like they were getting better individually, they did not look to me like they were really getting better, like, as a unit, like, yeah. you know, together, like playing together and, and, and doing the things that they needed to do to win basketball games together. Um Nick Nurse, you can't have it both ways. So here, here's kind of how I feel about that because I remember Mike D'Antoni was a coach. Oh my gosh, short he rotation. Not so, he, <laughs> he would play seven guys. He yeah. would play eight guys. You know, like if you're the ninth and tenth player on, on a Mike D'Antoni team, you may not play, right? Yeah. And so like, um, so I kind of have mixed feelings about that because there were some guys on on those teams who were probably good enough to get some rotation minutes. And could have kept our, our starters minutes down, but we've seen this before. We've seen this play out. So, like, um, when you have a coach who's really, really trying to win, they shorten that rotation. <laughs> they shorten that rotation. They play the seven or eight guys who they're the most comfortable with, and then that's kind of it. And it is a burden on on those guys who who start because they do play a lot, and it probably does lead to maybe some unnecessary in injuries. Like Tom Thibodeau is notorious for that. Oh God, like, yeah. There was a poll that came out. Uh, the Athletic. <laughs> there was a poll that came out from Atlanta. Yeah. Athletic, and they said that he was the uh, the you know out of the NBA players uh, that were polled, he was by far and away like the guy they did not want to play for. <laughs> and I think some of it has to probably do with like his substitutions. Like, so I don't know, man. Like it it kind of it, it kind of sucks because you do. I think playing seven or eight guys is you know, consistently, like every single, like if it's a big game, I get it. Like if y'all are playing for like, if you're playing like another team who you're fighting for playoff position with, but yeah. like over 82 games, I feel like you got to get some of those other guys in just to kind of help load manage your guys and keep your guys healthy. So 
I would hope that he would um, not religiously stick to that seven, eight man rotation, because I do think that this team will be talented enough to play, you know, eight, nine, 10 guys, you know, give them some minutes, get them out there. So that, that that's one thing about nurse that does kind of give me, give me a little bit of pause because we've heard that we have heard that from, from multiple people that, you know, like he does not play a lot of, a lot of guys. And like, like you said, Pascal Siakam led the league in minutes. Fran Van Bleep at his age probably shouldn't be playing minutes that he's playing. Yeah. Right. So um and and we saw it with James Harden. Like Dan D'Antoni will leave James Harden in and you saw his his play tail off towards the end of the games. Now was that mental or was he worn down? And if you listen to a guy like Draymond Green, who talked about how in the playoffs they were the mindset that we're gonna let James well, not let James Harden score, but we're gonna beat him up. Wear him down. Yeah. You know, He's taken on so much responsibility that we knew that in the fourth quarter we weren't going to see the best version of James Harden, and you know some of that is only coaching, right? At some point you got to also like as a coach see what's what's going on, and you cannot run your guys into the ground. So I don't like that. I do like some of the other stuff that I hear about Nick Nurse, uh, but that is one thing I, I I do see that as kind of a negative over over eighty two games now in the playoffs. If you want to run seven or eight guys out there, then by all means, oh, yeah. do what you got to do to win the basketball game. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I, and, that's, and of course, every situation is different. Um, Toronto's bench was probably one of the worst in the league. So it's kind of a, uh, you know, catch-22. I mean, should he play the bench more? Yes. Was the bench horrible? Yes. But was it horrible because he didn't develop them? It's kind of hard to say. Um, because it maybe he if he would have gave more minutes, maybe the bench wouldn't have been so bad. Um, but just looking at some of the players on the bench, it's kind of like I don't know. Maybe the bench just wasn't that good, and that's more on the front office than on Nick Nurse. So, I mean, I would say the more and just you know talking to you know Vivek uh, about some of the things about Nurse, um, I, I feel better about Nurse being head coach than I did before I started talking to him. Um, some of the questions that I have, but. It's kind of hard to say that, you know, maybe when it gets to the Rockets is a little bit different because they are a much younger team and they don't really have the veterans, but they are trying to bring in those veterans next season. So, I mean, maybe the Alperin Shangoon who's playing, who's playing 25, 30 minutes a game, maybe if he sees something in, in Shangoon that he doesn't like and they bring in a, I don't know, some other backup center that like a defensive is more center, yeah. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. like a defensive center or, or a center that he feels more comfortable with. Who's to say that he's not going to necessarily play Shane Goon those minutes, and then we're going to have an uprising here in Rockets Twitter all over yeah, it's again. Gonna, it'll be bad. So, it'll be real bad if if Shane Goon's yeah. minutes are like cut like to his like rookie year because I remember last year like his yeah. minutes were so like erratic and inconsistent, and it, it did cause yeah. like a huge uproar. And and I also think like and this is kind of like I said I, I mentioned it as a good thing. Stone knows that he needs to put a roster, uh, give this next coach a roster that yeah. is capable of winning. But uh, I I feel like some people made some some very good points that I talked to yesterday or that I listened to yesterday. And they were like, um, you got a guy in Raphael Stone right now who we don't really know, like, the moves that he's going to make. He knows he needs to win. So is he going to make moves that are short-sighted moves? Because he knows that you can win right – he needs to win right now. And those moves actually, like – are not good when you look at our future prospects, when you look, you know, a little bit further down the line. Is he is he going to make win now moves that kind of mortgage our, you know, our future, our situation you well, know, three, ha- four years from now? Yeah, he and, has to. Yeah. And that's and that's what kind of got Coach Childs in, pro- in trouble because Coach Childs knew that he had to start winning sooner rather than later. So that's why you were seeing him not play, you know, all the some of the younger guys because he – right or wrong he felt that the other players gave him a better chance of winning and that's kind of what happens and that's what you're going to see with stone is you know he has to start winning so he's not going to necessarily be worrying about four or five six years down the line he's going to be worrying about like right now that they need to start winning right now so they're gonna uh, people need to get ready the rockets are going to have to overpay for some free agents i mean just that's just going to be the fact of the matter they're not we're, we're going to see a ryan anderson s contract i you're, guarantee you're, it you're going to see, gonna see that contract yeah. hit like the woge is going to drop a woge bomb and we're going to be like, like what <laughs> <laughs> like who we're, we're giving we're giving dylan brooks 20 million a year Crazy. like i mean i mean Cam that's Johnson, that, yeah you know, whoever like and we're, i like i like those guys 
yeah. But we're gonna pay them. We're going to pay them an, an like a gross amount of money, like yeah. an amount of money that like you're gonna look at it and you're gonna be like, whoa, why did we do that? But Draymond that's Green, the only way thirty million a year. Those guys. <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine Draymond Green, twenty five, thirty million a year to come play for the Rockets? The the, the amount of Oh man, I, I, that would be hilarious. I'm not gonna lie, uh, but that's what you're gonna have to do. Not necessarily Draymond Green, but some of these players that you know you may not think that are star level players, you're gonna have to probably pay them star level money. You're a team that's coming off three horrible seasons, and whether you get, I mean, players are gonna see. Yeah, you got Victor Wembanyama, but hey, that's two three years down the line before you can see the full potential of a player like that. So why am I gonna come play for the Rockets? at market value when I, I should be getting 10, $15 million more because I am coming to play for the Rockets. So, and I'm going to tell you, LaShard, the, the, um, the amount per year is not going to bother me. Like they can pay a number of years. Yeah. They can pay Draymond Green $50 million for next year. I don't care. I don't care about how much they pay him next year. When, when, yeah. you know, all of our young guys are still on like rookie contracts. That's that contract is going to like hurt if we offer them anything like long-term, and he's getting paid that. Now, that they, is they, gonna, that's that's what's going to raise my eyebrows because I'm going to be like, whoa. Like, which they're going to have to. That's kind of that's yeah. no, one of the problems with, you know, front offices tanking is because now you're putting yourself in a situation where you're not as attractive as you were three, four I mean, three, four years ago, the Rockets can wait for teams to drop players and teams will come running to the Rockets. We saw it time after time at the time. Gosh, but yeah. that's, not the, that's not the case anymore. The Rockets, you know, you know, right or wrong, are seen as a franchise that has a lot of trouble. And it's not just the uh, head coaching that they see. They, they're they looking at the – they think the front office has issues. They may not necessarily like the owner for whatever reason. So players aren't going to just come here just because your name is the Houston Rockets and, yeah, you have no state tax or whatever. They, they don't care about that. They, they're they going to want that long-term contract that they're not going to be able to get from the teams like uh, the Lakers or the Phoenix Suns, the – you know, the other top teams, they're going to be looking for, you know, the the big type money that they, they should, that they're going to demand from the Rockets to be able to come to the team. So I say all that to say that Rockets fans just need to get ready. The only way you're going to be able to bring in even better talent, I'm not even saying star level talent, because it's not like a lot of star level players coming up in this free agency um, next season. This mid-level talent, like a Dylan Brooks, you're going to have to overpay them and you're going to have to pay them and you have to give them multiple years that you're probably not going to want to give them. You, you spit in facts. And so, like, I'm thinking now, like, we got to pay the we're terrible tax. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. so it's like we, you know, I, I'll take $15 million and I can go play with a good team. You're going to have yeah. to pay me 25 because that's, exactly. how, that's how you got to pay the terrible tax. Because if I have to come over there and I got to deal with the stuff I'm going to have to deal with and, you know, I you, Y'all are like in in a full rebuild right now. Like y'all gonna have to pay me to help you like get back yep. on your feet and get back into contention and be respectable again. Yeah, I'm not I'm not I'm not coming for like the same price or just a little bit more. You got to pay the terrible tax now. Yep, and that's that's the problem. So I mean, just just get ready, Rockets fans. It's coming. So don't don't be shocked if you see that like you said it, like that Walsh drop in. Hey, we're giving Dylan Brooks $20, 25000000 million a year over the next four years. I'm just saying, just just get ready for that. Uh, before we wrap up the show, I want to go kind of serve back to what we were we had mentioned earlier about our top three candidates. So what are your top three candidates um, now that we know Nick Nurse is uh, going to be interviewing with the Rockets at some point, I'm assuming, in the next few days? And I keep saying, like, and every time somebody asks me this, I feel like my my answer changes every time somebody asks me this because, <laughs> yeah. like, I don't I don't know. Like, I do know that I like yeah. all of these guys, and and I do know that there are certain certain things about each guy that I don't like. So yeah. it gives me like a little bit of like pause because I'm like, man, this guy's really good at this. This guy's resume looks really good here, and then you see like, eh, well, what about this? Man. So um, when you when the more you talk about Nick Nurse, the more excited I get about him. But like right now, like if I had to pick a guy, and and this is not a popular opinion by any means. Like nobody wants this guy, I don't think, but me. But um, like I've seen what Kenny Atkinson could do with, with the Brooklyn Nets when he did not have a talented team. He had Karis LeVert on that team. His best player was D'Angelo Russell. The great, great Karis LeVert. What are you talking about? <laughs> 
<laughs> he had like should have been Rocket's legend, Karis LeVert. <laughs> he had he had uh, Jared Allen, who yeah. as we see right now is dominating in the playoffs against the New York Knicks. He's not like I don't know if you've actually been watching the games, but him, him yeah. and Evan Mobley are, are like getting. Yeah, I forget they're on the court half the time. Honestly, oh god, like <laughs> the agenda, the agenda is looking pretty good right now. That's all I'm gonna say uh, yeah. as far as like uh, Jalen Green. But anyways, I'm gonna move on. But like you know, he had a young Jared Allen who was not very good. He had Spencer Dinwiddie. Nobody knew who Spencer Dinwiddie was at that time. Bitcoin Dinwiddie, yep. And so like. Karis LeVert, I feel like, probably played his best basketball under Kenny Atkinson. Spencer Dinwiddie probably played his best basketball under uh, Kenny Atkinson. D'Angelo Russell played his best basketball under Kenny Atkinson. Uh, so there's a theme here. <clears throat> Jerry Allen probably didn't get the you know as much minutes as he probably should have gotten, but you know he was at a different stage in his career. So I just see Kenny Atkinson as a guy who has shown that he can develop a young team and he can lead a young team into a situation where they're competitive, they make playoffs. Uh, now he's in that Golden State Warrior pipeline over there, so I know he's um, he's learning um, different. Things. And we we saw with Mike Brown. Mike Brown came from the coach, you know, Coach Popovich tree, right? And then he went to Golden State. Um, you know, he had a he had a successful and then an unsuccessful run as a head coach, uh, which is kind of like what we're seeing, like with Nick Nurse, because people always say, like, why do you want to bring a guy in who's been fired? Mike Brown. Mike Brown was a guy who you know he experienced a lot of success as a head coach. And then he's experienced a lot of losing and he got fired, you know, and then he worked his way back up. You know, yeah. you go to different stops along the way and you learn different things from different from different uh, people, different mentors, different teachers. And I feel like maybe Kenny Atkinson has gleaned a little something from the Golden State Warriors system as far as maybe maybe he can fully weaponize a guy like Alperen Shingun. We saw Mike Brown go over to the Sacramento Kings. And like Demonis Sabonis was already good. He was already an all-star, yeah, but all-star. Yeah. he completely, he, he changed the Sacramento um, off, offense from being like guard oriented, like uh, just a fully guard centric attack to uh, putting the ball in Sabonis' hands. And and a guy like De'Aaron Fox thrived off of that. De'Aaron Fox was already good, but now De'Aaron Fox is looking like a guy who might, you know, make some all-star games in the future. Yeah. Um so I'm thinking Kenny Atkinson can probably do some things like that for us um, offensively. Um, I think defensively, he may need a, a, a strong defensive coach to come with him. He's kind of like the opposite of the Frank Vogel, the Frank, uh, the uh, Frank Vogel and the Nick Nurse, as far as like he's a, an offensive coach who who might need a defensive specialist to come in and help him out. But you know, I, I kind of like the idea of bringing him in, especially now that he's been over in Golden State and kind of seeing how they run their operation over there. Even though that they, even though they're not the Golden State that we're used to seeing this year, but like he was with them last year, so and they won a championship. So um, I like I like the idea of bringing, bringing him in. And then right now, um, my second choice kind of was Adoka, but I think I'm kind of leaning toward Nick Nick Nurse now just because I know. Um, Nick Nurse has coached the Rio Grande Valley Vipers. He's been in the G League. So he's uh-huh. he's he's been in positions where he's had to develop young guys and work with young players. And he's also reached the pinnacle. He's won an NBA championship with the Toronto Rap- Raptors. Um, you know, uh, like you said, the Dray- Draymond quote, quote earlier as far as him being able to make adjustments in the playoffs and be a guy who you can trust to uh, put a game plan together that will win meaningful basketball games for you. So I, I really like Nick Nurse a lot. In that regard, um, and then you have, you know, Emi Adoka, who I don't really know what to think of him. I, I, I know he's another guy from that pop tree, right? Okay. And I know that he experienced success with the Boston Celtics. But <clears throat> I also kind of feel like, I mean, you got Jason Tatum. You got <laughs> Jalen Brown. You got yeah. Marcus Smart. You got, yeah. you know, like I can, I can keep Robert Williams. I can just keep naming naming names, but they really have a stacked team. They have a really good team. They're one of my favorite teams to watch just because of the way they play. And I think Brad Stevens uh, set up a lot of the infrastructure there of um, what's there already. It was kind of already built, and he came he came in and maybe he made it a little bit better. But I don't really know what he looks like with a team that's kind of in a influx and in, in a rebuild, right? And so like I'm gonna rank him third, and then. Um, the only reason I haven't put Sam Cassell yet is just because I I realistically don't even think Sam Cassell has an opportunity to get this job. Unfortunately, you know I would love to have him, and and then I know you asked for three, but my fourth choice would be Frank Vogel, just because I know Frank Vogel 
<clears throat> Frank Vogel won a championship. Yeah, it was with Anthony Davis, and it was in the bubble, and it was with LeBron James. But um, yeah. we've been hearing some really good things about Frank Vogel, and he's he has experience. So yeah, um, I mean, he has success in Indiana too. I mean, so I mean, he had success before he even got to the Lakers, and then he also coached Orlando. So yeah, I mean, Frank Vogel, you know, not a first name I think of, but I mean, it, it makes sense. I wouldn't be, you know, losing my mind if they hired Frank Vogel. I'll just say that. Yeah, so like Frank Vogel, like I said, he's fourth or fifth for me. Like, but <clears throat> if they were to hire him, I I do see a path to success, and that's really all I care about right now. I'm not I'm not gonna get on like you know social media and go crazy if they if they pick one of these. The only the only way I see me really being upset is if they hire a guy who I've never heard of before. And, and oh, then, if they hire if they hire, and I hey and I, and I love Scott Brooks from his Rockets days, but if they hire Scott Brooks, uh, yeah, I, I, I might go rogue. <laughs> they, they, might have to, they might pull my credentials if, if they hire Scott Brooks. I'm just going to say that right off the top. So, Yeah, yeah that, I could see that. Yeah, the Scott Brooks hire doesn't move me at all. Like, uh, respectfully, like, he's a Rockets legend, too. He won the championship with the team. But he is a guy who, like, I feel like – I just feel like those other guys are, are better coaches. Yeah, yeah, he made it to the NBA Finals with a young KD, with a young Westbrook, and a young Harden, and a young Serge Ibaka. I mean, God, how did that team – like – Think about the guys on that team yeah, and, and just think about the fact that they did not actually win at the highest level. And it's kind of crazy. Yep. That's how the NBA works. But yeah, I mean, if if I'm, if I'm picking some, I, the way I'm picking it is, you know, I'm not going to pick it by um, who they will probably hire. Cause like you said, I, I agree with you. I don't think they're going to hire Sam Cassell. Um, just for the reasons we already went over with previously in this podcast. But my first choice, just because the way I think he can relate to the players, and yes, part of him, you know, him being with the Rockets um, definitely plays a part in it. I mean, it, I mean, it should ultimately because you're kind of looking for an overall fit. You're kind of looking for, I mean, let's be honest, a lot of times um, narrative plays into some of it. Um, but he's also been a good assistant coach for so long. You know, you're not just giving him a job because – you know, he was in the broadcast booth and all of a sudden you decided to give him a job one day. I mean, my first choice is still going to be Sam Cassell. I, mean, I know a lot of people, like you said, they don't like that um, for, you know, for the reasons we already went over. But I just think that he can relate to the players. I think he'll be able to be one of the few coaches that can actually criticize the players and then they will actually listen to what he has to say because he's the fact that he's been there, done that, that definitely has a big part, uh, you know, goes goes into – being able to get across to a lot of these players because not that they don't respect people that hasn't haven't been in the NBA before, but that definitely goes a long way that they know that hey, he knows exactly what he's talking about. He's been there. He's has, you know, tremendous success. And a lot of times when you're a player that's trying to coach, it's actually better that you weren't a superstar player because it seems that and I think Magic Johnson pointed this out and a couple of other superstar players pointed this out that they have such a high level what they expect from players because they've been to that point where they've been MVPs, they've been the best player in the league, that it's not realistic. And I think that's what kind of gets in gets some of these people in trouble. We got Jordan in trouble as a Hornets um, uh, owner that they have such a higher expectation of these players because they expect them to be like them. And it's just never going to happen. You're not going to have 12 superstars on your team. That's just not the way it's going to work. But Sam Cassell has been really, really good. He's never been a superstar player, but he's been really, really good in the league. I think he can demand that respect from any player in the NBA. And I also just think that he does have a good basketball mind, that he, he does do a lot more than most assistant coaches do. Uh, in the NBA, I think he's more of a assistant uh, head coach than an assistant coach with the 76ers. And I think he was the same way with the Clippers. But that would be my first choice. Uh, my second choice, um, and after, like you said, kind of going back and forth with me. At first, it was going to be a, a doko, but now I do say that it's Nick Nurse just because he does have the experience all the way back from the G League. He's been able to coach players that may not necessarily had all the talent in the world but he was able to coach them to a point where they played hard every single night. And he's pretty much done that his entire coaching career in Toronto. Yeah. It didn't work out at in the end um, for Nick nurse, but I think that was just a matter of, it was just, he's been there for 10 years as an assistant and head coach. And it was just time for him to move on. And sometimes that's just the way it is. No matter how good a coach you are, sometimes 
players just get tired of hearing your voice and it's not really anything else you can do to get through to them. And I think that's what happened uh, with the Toronto situation. And also some of the things he said in Philadelphia about, you know, he wasn't sure if he wanted to come back. He needed to take some time. I think that, I think that ultimately what got him fired from his job. And I think they may have been willing to let him come back. But once he said those things in Philadelphia after the Philadelphia game, then I think front office is ready to move on. So I would say Nick Nurse is my second choice just because of what we talked about before, his in-game adjustment, being able to coach different types of players. He's coached young guys like Scotty Barnes and OG Ananobi, even Pascal Siakam when he was first coming into the league. So he's he's been around. He's been able to coach a lot of these players, and we kind of see where they are now. And then my third choice would be uh, Ime Ogoko, even though I think that he's pretty much wrapped into the uh, – uh, Raptors at this point. I, I I don't think that he's going to be coaching anywhere else. I think they're going to move pretty fast on hiring him as their next head coach. And I kind of, that. I was thinking that too because like you don't let you don't let go of a exactly. coach the caliber of Nick Nurse unless you have a plan. Yeah, and I think that that plan you're probably right because like who who on the market would justify you uh, letting a guy go with the resume yeah. of Nick Nurse and a guy who has won you a cha- like he won you a championship like you yeah. were completely I don't want to say irrelevant but like they have so many playoff failures with uh, with DeRozan <laughs> and with Kyle Lowry and some of those Lebronto yeah yeah Lebronto yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and then, like this guy kind of helped you get over the hump and yes it was yeah. you know it, it was in correlation with you know the Kawhi year but like he got you there. And so yeah. like for you to let a guy go like that, like you you got to have a plan B and your plan B cannot be, oh, we're going to hire the assistant coach off the Denver Nuggets. No, no, that's not going to that's not going to fly for that team that's still trying to win. And, and, and it's like you said, they, they pretty much have to have a plan in place because they could have waited. I don't think Nick Nurse was in a hurry. I don't think he would. I don't think he had told him like, hey, I don't want to be here anymore. I think they could have waited if they really wanted to keep Nick Nurse around. But I think they I think they've already probably talked to uh, Ime Doko or at least his people. And they know, you know, that he probably wants to come coach there. And if you're Ime Doko, hey, no disrespect to the Rockets. But if you're picking between Toronto um, with, you know, some of the players that they have, they've already kind of established and maybe the Rockets, you're probably going with Toronto. Let's just be honest. Even with the possibility of maybe the Rockets getting that first pick, that's not a guarantee, as we know too too well down here in Houston. Um, so, and, he, and he's very familiar with the landscape of the Eastern Conference. You exactly. Know? So, And it's, yeah. an easier, it's an easier route in that division. I mean, as much as the Eastern Conference has gotten better, it's still it's still a lot rougher in the Western Conference. So I, I think that going to a place like Toronto, um, the culture there, they already have a culture in place. We really have no idea what the Rockets culture is. I mean, I know people have said that it's a disorganized mess of a culture, but we really don't know what the Rockets culture is. We don't know what they're moving forward with, what team they're going to have. You kind of already have a sense. Even if Fred Van Vliet doesn't come back, you already have a sense of what the Toronto Raptors are trying to do. So it's kind of more like it's kind of more like what he had experienced in Boston. Like there was already yeah. the foundation, the infrastructure in place, and he just came in and he, you know, yeah. he, he painted the walls a little bit and you know decorated Some of the and like rearranged, around, rearranged the there. furniture. Yeah. There's there's no rearranging the furniture with the Houston Rockets. Like we, oh, no. you're gonna have to come in and you got to go to IKEA and get everything. To yeah, you got to go to IKEA. <laughs> we got to put some stuff together. You know, we might got to knock down a few walls yeah. and redecorate, like completely re- redecorate yeah. the whole house. So, and, yeah, and we're not saying Jalen Green's not already a good piece of furniture, but we're just saying that uh, they don't have those things that already in place that you know, hey, this guy is already a star level player. Um, we already know Siakam's already a all star. We already know, you know, what they're getting from Scotty Barnes. So, you know, I saw keep some interesting comments. I saw like some that. interesting comments that uh, the GM made about Scotty Barnes uh, yesterday about him needing to like kind of change his offseason routine and kind of uh, like yeah, he took a step back. backwards this year from yeah, where he, he took, was in his kind of took a step back. Yeah, yeah, which not a lot of people talked about. They were kind of too busy worrying about Jalen Green and Jabari Smith. They didn't really talk a lot about Scotty Barnes. wasn't nearly as good as he was last season. He took a step back, and um, he's definitely going to have to do some things differently because uh, this season he looked just like any other average rookie. He didn't look like the rookie of the year um, that he was playing like last season. So, um, But basically that's why I have Adoko third just because I don't 
you know, I think that at this point he's pretty much a guarantee to go to the Raptors. Um, another name that's that's interesting is Borrego. And the only reason I say James Borrego, I know people are like James Borrego. Why would you bring him up? I mean, anybody that can last four years with the Charlotte Hornets, um, and actually have <laughs> it was just crazy to say. He probably had the most success they've had there. Uh, pretty much probably the entire time that Michael Jordan has been the owner. Um, and that says something. Um, not even if he's not necessarily going to be a head coach, I wouldn't mind him being a assistant coach. Um, even, you know, what you were saying about Kenny Atkinson, you made some really good points about him that kind of got me interested in a lot more interested in him than I was before. So um, that would be my top three choices. But um, I mean, if they swing and miss on those top three choices, then it kind of gets a little bit more murky. And then you may be, hey, you may be looking at Frank Vogel. For all we know, from what they've been saying, Frank Vogel may be their top choice at this point. So from all the stuff we said, it may not even matter. They may have, they may already have Frank Vogel up there at this point. And if Nick Nurse says, hey, I'm going to wait, they may just pull the trigger on Frank Vogel and already be ready to move forward in another week time. So we'll see how that plays out. I think it's also um... – this matters, but you know the roster construction is also going to play a huge role in, it, yeah. in what they do next year too. So I'm going to be, like I said, unless they hire somebody who I just don't know who that person is, or I feel like why, you know, and I, and I'm having to like Google this dude and try to figure out who he is and figure out like what his what his resume looks like. Yeah, I'm, I'll I'll be perfectly fine with with Kenny Atkinson. I'll be perfectly fine with Nick Nurse or Adoka yeah. if he doesn't go to the Raptors or Frank Vogel. I'll be okay with those hires. Yeah. I'll be I'll be happy with Sam Cassell. What I won't be happy with is if they like you said if they bring in Scott Brooks, uh, respectfully. Or, or David Blatt type who, move. <laughs> or they bring in a guy who I do not know who that is. But other than that, like I, I am satisfied with the with the list. Like the yeah. list is a good list. And I think that uh, for the most part, you can't really go wrong with any of those guys on that list. And so that, yeah. that gives me some some like reason to be encouraged. Yeah, don't 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 bring in a David Blatt that, you know, great European head coach, but nobody everybody's like what? What is that? Don't yeah. don't try to get too cute about this move. That's basically what we're saying. <laughs> yeah. Don't try to go too way out of the box, trying you know, hey, trying to be smarter than you really are type thing. Yeah, because, like we 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 like, and, and we don't need to bring in like Alperen Shingun's coach from like, you know what I mean? Like just something that's <laughs> Jalen yeah. Green's uh, AAU, Green's coach, AAU coach, yeah. like the coach from the the G League Ignite because he coached Jalen, and we drafted School Henderson, and he, yeah. you know what I mean? Like. Let's not do any of those things. Like, like, yeah. like yeah, the, right. it's the, the the blueprint for success is right there. I think, you know, everything is laid out right in front of us to actually, like, be decent next year. And I don't want them to mess it up. So um, that's why I'm, like, I'm, I'm happy. Right now I'm happy. And hopefully, uh, like, when we talk about this in a week or, t- or two weeks from now, whenever they make the hire, we can actually have a good podcast and, and be excited about the hire. Yeah. I'm I'm tired of being upset about the Rockets. You know, I, I'm ready to talk about some positive things about the Rockets. I mean, even though I, you know, I'm try I try to be more neutral now that now that I do cover the Rockets, I do want to see the Rockets actually winning. It's much better to talk about the Rockets when they're actually winning games. I'm tired of talking about tanking. I'm tired of talking about draft position. I'm tired of talking about the fact when they win a game, people being upset because of they mad at their drafts. I'm just ready to talk about actual real basketball for once. And trying to get away from a lot of the drama. For, do you yeah, remember? Do you, nice. do you remember when the trade the trade deadline used to mean something to us? Like we, we yeah. Like, now it's just like who cares? Yeah. When, well, when is, when's the draft? Right. <laughs> like we we look forward to the draft. Like I remember we used to look forward to the trade deadline and like yeah. maybe we can bring this guy in who can help us get over the top. And now it's like maybe we can dump this guy or can yeah. we? You know, like, it's, yeah. It's just it's way different and like yeah. you know. Three years is enough. I know a lot of like. I feel bad for Sacramento King fan. Like, could you, you imagine? imagine? Yeah, 16, 16 years of not making the playoffs. <laughs> how, how do you even talk about that team? Like, I started doing podcasts right around the bubble time when it was Harden and Westbrook and that, that whole fiasco in the bubble. Um, so unfortunately, I haven't really been able to talk about a lot of winning basketball. But that's only been three years. I can imagine talk a decade and a half plus. Of talking about horrible basketball, I, I I don't know how Sacramento Kings. So if Sacramento Kings fans want to sit up there and and have their their cowbells ringing in the Golden State owner's ear for the entire, hey, let them have it, man. They've been through some 
they've been through some tough times there in Sacramento. They got they got junior junior and senior in high school who have never <laughs> seen that team go to the playoffs. Uh, uh, just go to the playoffs. Forget about winning a ring. Go to the playoffs. Just think yeah. about that, Rockets fans. Yeah, it could be a lot and, worse. And we and we're like we're like like eating each other alive on social media because we haven't missed. We, we haven't been in the playoffs in three years. And, like, people are acting like it's the end of the world. So yeah. I cannot imagine 16 years of being a net and of being, like, the laughing stock at the NBA. That 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 had to be terrible. So, like, I'm happy for them. I hope they yeah. I hope they beat Golden State, not just because of the fact that I hate Golden State, uh, but for the fact that, like, I feel like the Kings deserve it, man. They, they yeah. It's been too long. If any fan base deserves it, it's, it's the Kings fan base. So, yeah. Forget the fact that the Warriors suck. Um It'd be nice that the Kings actually just win a playoff series. Um, so, but that's going to do it for today's show. Uh, as we mentioned, uh, Beta just talked about, and you know, the Rockets possibly having a higher next couple of weeks. We will definitely be out at the press conference whenever that does happen, and whoever they bring in, we will definitely have it up on our YouTube page. Uh, we got a, a few other channels that we're bringing, or at least a few other uh, playlists that we're going to be bringing up on our channel. Uh, we have a retro Rockets where we're going to be bringing some highlights of past Rockets uh, teams. We have one up, uh, Keem's, some of Keem uh, Lajuan's top plays. Uh, we also have first and last where we're going to be showing the first shot. Uh, for instance, we had a first shot that Alperen Shangun made and the last shot he made of the season. Uh, just kind of a few different things just kind of keep you going until the Rockets start making some moves. Uh, we have some information on the head coach, and then we have the draft lottery coming up next month. So uh, the next month, we're gonna it's going to be really interesting what goes on around here on uh, Rockets Twitter. We're going to be having a lot of different things on the Rockets Fuel podcast. So make sure you're checking out that channel on YouTube. Make sure you're subscribing to it um, because we're going to be having a lot of uh, exclusive content. We're going to be having a lot of draft people come up, um, a lot of draft people that you know uh, well. Uh, we're going to be having Craig Ackerman uh, coming up uh, probably sometime after the draft. Uh, we're going to have him on the show to talk to some Rockets basketball. So that's going to be great, hopefully some former players uh we'll have them on as well so we're gonna be having a lot of great content coming up on the youtube page so make sure you're subscribing to it uh making sure that you like our page uh make sure that you hit that notification so that you know when our videos come out because we're gonna have videos coming out at all different times uh not just the podcast so make sure you're keeping up to date with that and get, uh, leave us some comments uh, let us know things that you want us to talk about uh things that you like that you don't like Hey, we we all for constructive uh, criticism. Uh, I'm I'm not perfect. Uh, I've been doing this for a few years, so it's definitely things I'm still learning as I'm going with the podcast and things. So definitely leave us some comments. Let us know what you want to see going forward, and we appreciate everybody that jumps on every week and joins us for the Rockets Field podcast. And make sure that you checking out our next show it may be in a couple of days if the rock make a decision on head coach if not we'll be back uh next weekend so we appreciate everybody that comes by every single week and like i said make sure you subscribe and hit that like button